guys, what is up and welcome to the first ever episode of Life of a Christian Teenager. I am so excited to start this podcast. On this podcast, our motto is to LMFAO, which no, it does not mean what you think it does. Here on this podcast, LMFAO means to live more free and open because that's the goal of this podcast. You know, I started this podcast because so many people were coming up to me and they were saying, hey, Rachel, like I want to grow closer with the Lord and I just don't know how. So I started Life of a Christian Teenager to provide you guys with sermons and Bible studies and advice to help you and I to grow closer in our relationships with the Lord. So we're going to talk about things like anxiety, lust, insecurities, and all these really big topics that teens struggle with so that you guys can learn to live life more free and more open in your daily life and in your walk with Jesus. If you don't know me, my name is Rachel. I'm 17. I'm from South Carolina. I work at Chick-fil-A. I love coffee. I love Jesus. And I love my friends. So I'm pretty much as basic as it gets, you know, love TikTok, all of that good stuff. I'm pretty much your basic Christian teenager, about as basic as it gets. But what you might not know about me is I play soccer and I play volleyball. I've played soccer since I was two and I've played volleyball since the seventh grade. And I love working out. I love fitness and I love health. And so about Uh, about a month ago, our church started a 40-day fast, and I was thinking about what I was going to fast from, and I was like, I am going to go on low carb, and I'm going to push my body to its physical peak, and let me tell you, it was absolutely horrible. If you don't know what low carb is, that's no bread, no sugar, no chocolate, no candy, no ice cream, none of that. No fried chicken. It was horrible. No french fries either. And I hated it. And I was just sitting there and I was wondering, wait, how can people live like this? Why do people do things like keto? Why do people like put their body through this and not eat all these good foods? How can they live a lifestyle like this? Why do people die? And while I was thinking about why people diet, literally only one reason came to my head. And it's the reason probably you and I both know is most people diet so that they can lose weight. You know, they say, I'm not going to eat bread or I'm not going to eat sugar because it's going to help me lose 20 pounds, 40 pounds, however much weight they're trying to lose. Uh, when January 1st rolls around, everybody sets these New Year resolutions. They say, you know, I'm going to go on keto diet or I'm going to go gluten-free or I'm going to hit the gym and I'm going to restrict my body from something so that way I can reach this ultimate weight loss goal. But as you and I both know, you know people go strong in January, they go strong in February, but as March rolls around, a whole lot of people have already broken their New Year's resolution because it's gotten too hard or they just get too busy to keep up with this kind of diet that they've set for themselves. And, you know, you diet in January, you diet in February, you lose 10 or 15 pounds, but the second you go off your diet, you just gain all your weight back. And so then next January rolls around, you haven't lost any weight, and you say, 
oh, I'm going to try this diet again. And January goes strong, February goes strong, and then again, you break your diet. And it's just this constant, every single year, people saying that they're going to start a diet or set this weight goal as their New Year's resolution. And a whole lot of people never reach their weight goal because the goal that they reach is way too unrealistic or it's just too hard that they don't want to keep up with it. And you're probably wondering, like, Why am I talking about dieting? Well, a lot of us treat our relationship with Jesus like a low-carb diet. What I mean by that is just how people diet and they set these rules and regulations like I can't have bread and I can't have sugar so that they can reach this ultimate weight goal. A lot of us restrict ourselves from things so that we can reach this ultimate peak in our relationship with God. We say, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to smoke, I'm not going to party, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z because we think if we follow these rules and we follow these regulations long enough that we'll reach this ultimate peak in our relationship with God. But the problem is we all end up sinning. We all end up falling short of the glory of God. And so the second we sin, we just feel so disappointed in ourselves and we feel like we have completely failed and we just start this cycle over and over and over again of trying to reach this goal in our relationship with God. And it's just like diet culture, you know, people say, I'm not going to eat bread. I'm not going to eat sugar. And they go two months strong and then they break their goal. They gain all their weight back. And then they're like, dang it, I got to start completely over because I broke my diet. And we feel the same way about our relationship with Jesus. We say, I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to party. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. And then we end up sinning. And then we're disappointed that we didn't reach this, you know, ideal relationship with God that we had in our head. And then we feel like we have to start all over in our relationship with God. And that might've been how it used to be, but that's not how it is with our relationship with God now. See, we are not the only people to follow this diet culture version of a relationship with God. See, in the Old Testament, the Israelites had a relationship with God based off of the Old Covenant. So back then, the Israelites carried the Holy Spirit around in this thing called the Ark of the Covenant, which was basically this gold box that was a symbol of God's presence. You know, it kept the Ten Commandments within it. And it was a symbol of God's presence and how you were in the presence of God. If you were in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant, then you were in the presence of God. But no one ever got to enter where the Ark of the Covenant was but the high priest. And even the high priest was only allowed to enter the presence of God once a year. See, when Moses began to enter the promised land, God came to Moses and he gave him the Ten Commandments, which we all know are the pretty basic rules of Christianity. And he gave him the Ten Commandments along with other instructions and told Moses, write these words, I have made a covenant with you. See, the definition of a covenant is the conditional promises made to humanity by God. See, so when the Lord came to Moses, he was saying, Here, write down these laws and write down these rules, and if you follow them, I will make you rulers of the nations, and I will protect you if you keep my laws. But as you read on in Exodus, we begin to see where people don't follow God's laws, and we see the consequences is that they are separated from having a relationship with God because they broke his rules. 
See, this relationship with God that was based on rules was hopeless because every time they messed up, they were out of relationship with God. But to get back into relationship with God, it was so hopeless that the people would have to make blood sacrifices of animals to cover their sins because they couldn't quit sinning. So it was this constant cycle of, okay, I sin, so I'm going to sacrifice an animal and sacrifice the animal's blood to cover my sin. Oh, but then I sinned again, so now I got to sacrifice another animal to cover my sin. Oh, and then I sin again, so now I got to sacrifice another animal. So it was this constant cycle of sin and sacrifice, sin and sacrifice, sin and sacrifice. And they constantly had to sacrifice because they could not keep God's rules. This relationship with God was hopeless because we were never able to stay in a relationship with Him. See, a lot of us live this old covenant relationship with God. See, we think, oh, I drank last night and I messed up, so I have to start over in my relationship with God. Or we think, oh, I sinned, there's no way that God can love me now. And you feel completely hopeless when it comes to your relationship with God. See, and if it were back then, that might have been true. But luckily for you and I, we don't have to live in an old covenant relationship with God. Because he established a new covenant for us. See, God saw that the Israelites, and he saw how hopeless they were. So he spoke of this new covenant that he would one day establish with the Israelites. See, like I said before, during the old covenant, anytime a man sinned, they had to offer a blood sacrifice to cover their sin. See, God knew that the only way we could be in a relationship with him was if our sin was covered. See, he knew that all the sheep sacrifices in the world would never be enough to cover our sin. But he loved us so much and he wanted a relationship with us so bad that he sent the ultimate sacrifice to pay the final punishment for our sin. See, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son so that whoever may believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The second that Jesus died on that cross, a new covenant between God and man was established. See, we no longer have to fight for a relationship with God because the blood of Jesus covered all of our sin. See, we don't have to follow rules to be in a relationship with God. All we have to do is believe in his son, Jesus. See, once we begin to understand God's love for us, our entire relationship with Him changes. God is no longer this big, scary man in the sky, but instead He's someone who loved me enough and wanted to have a relationship with me so bad that He sent His Son to die for me. So when people ask me, hey, I want to grow closer with the Lord, I just don't know how, I think the first step is understanding how much God loves us, and how bad he wants to have a relationship with us. So as I close out this podcast, I want to ask you, are you trying to reach this ultimate peak in your relationship with God? Hey, or have you really sat down and began to comprehend that you don't have to follow these rules for God to love you? God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross that all you have to do is believe in him. And once you believe in him, hey, then you'll begin to follow all these rules and regulations in the Bible because that's what God wants for you. 
knows what's good for us. He knows what's good for our soul. He would never tell us to not do something because he wants to keep us from having fun. No, he tells us to not do things because he wants us to know what true love is, what true joy is, what true peace is. He knows that nothing of the world is ever going to satisfy us, but he knows that if we dive into his word, that if we dive into a relationship with him, that we will learn and we will begin to know what true love is, what true kindness is, what true peace is, what true patience is, because everything we need, he is. And he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us so that we can be in a relationship with him so that we can know what true love is, so we can know what true joy is, so we can know what peace, true peace is. And so when people do ask me like, hey, how do I start a relationship with the Lord? I think the best advice I can give is to sit down and really try to comprehend, hey, how much God really wants a relationship with you. Because, you know, a lot of people are scared to get in a relationship with God or they ask me, hey, how do I have a relationship with God? Because they think they're so far gone or they think that they've done too much or they've sinned too much that they can't go into a relationship with him. But that's not the case at all. Like God wants a relationship with you. And we, when we begin to comprehend how much God really loves us and how much he wants a relationship with us, hey, then it's easy to leap in. If somebody wants a relationship with you, like the only thing keeping you from a relationship with him is yourself. Like there's nothing that he is doing to keep you out of a relationship with him. The only thing keeping you from a relationship with God is yourself. All you have to do is just believe in Jesus. And that's what John 3:16 says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Literally all you have to do is believe in Jesus. So if you're sitting here and you're wondering like, hey, how can I become closer with the Lord? Well, let me just ask you this one simple question. Hey, do you believe in Jesus? If not, I mean, feel free to reach out to um, our Instagram, shoot us a DM, and we would love to guide you through starting a relationship with God. And if not, then, you know, the next question I want to ask you, if you do have a relationship with God, hey, are you believing the lies of this old covenant relationship where a relationship with Jesus is based off of things you do? Are you leaning into the promises of God where, hey, our relationship is not based off of what we do, but it's based off of what he has done? And have you taken the time to comprehend like, hey, I am a sinner, but God loved me so much and he wanted a relationship with me so bad that he sent his son to die for me. So I'm going to live my life for him because of the ultimate sacrifice he made for me. You know, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's podcast, and I hoped uh, this message wasn't too long and that it helped, and uh, the next one I'm hoping to do a Q&A, so if you guys have any questions about the Bible that you want answered, send in questions to our Instagram, at Life of a Christian Teenager, and I cannot wait for the next podcast episode with you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you uh, like this, send it to your friends, uh, tell them to listen, or just send us feedback to our Instagram. Let us know how you liked it. We would love to hear from you guys, and we cannot wait to be in the next podcast with y'all. And yeah, and uh, we'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in. So like I said, the motto of this podcast is to LMFAO, which means to live more free and open. So what better way for me to be more free and more open with you guys than to share my most embarrassing moment. So we are going to flash way back to the second 
grade. So I don't know about you guys, but at my elementary school, we did not have bathroom stalls with like multiple bathrooms. We only had one bathroom in each classroom. So every time we would get back from lunch, we would take turns going to the bathroom in the classroom. And so I was probably 10th in line to use the bathroom in the classroom. And I had to pee so bad. And as you can probably guess, that did not go well. And I ended up peeing my pants in the second grade. And it was really bad. So I walked up to my teacher and I looked at my teacher and I said, hey, you know, I need to go home. I had an accident. And so I went home and it was fine. But the next day when I came back from school, my crush sat right behind me in class and he tapped on my shoulder and he looked at me and he said, did you really have to go home yesterday because you peed your pants? That's such a kid thing. And I was so embarrassed. And I looked him in the face and I said, I did not pee my pants. I threw up on the floor because I did not feel good. And I tried to play it off like I had thrown up and not peed my pants because I was super embarrassed. And he literally called me a child and said it was so gross and so embarrassing. And I was embarrassed because my crush... No longer thought second grade me was cool. So that is my most embarrassing moment. If you guys have something that's more embarrassing that you want to be shared on the podcast, you can send in your most embarrassing podcast to or your most embarrassing story to Life of a Christian Teenager on Instagram. Shoot us a DM and we will share your most embarrassing story on the next podcast episode.